You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. So I really just um, want to continue talking about just the power of words today. And it's a very simple subject, but I feel like it gets... Uh, not as much credit as it, as it should in life. And I feel like our words, actually I don't feel like, I know our words are very, 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 very powerful. Our words are an amazing gift that we have. And it can also not be a gift, right? And so we find ourselves in so many different situations in life and what we say makes a difference. So I just want to start off by talking about something that um, when I was, I was trying to think how old I was. I was either, I think I was 14 because my dad had to drive me there. I went on my first student leader retreat when I was in um, middle school or freshman in high, I was a freshman in high school, freshman or sophomore in high school. Went on my first student leader retreat. I lived in Northeast Georgia and we went over to Northwest Georgia, long ways, right? We went up to Dalton, Georgia, carpet capital of the world. And um, we hung out with Ray Owens, who was Jocelyn's youth pastor. It's a small world after all. And so it was a lot of fun. But while we were there, my youth pastor did something that I'd never really considered doing before and never really thought about. And he started talking about a eulogy. We all know what a eulogy is, right? Yeah, we know where we typically hear them. And um, the, the definition is a speech or a piece of writing that praises someone highly, typically when someone has just died. And what we did was he said, we don't need to wait until someone dies to give them high praise. How many times in life have we waited until someone has passed away to say the good things about them, to speak that life over them, to encourage them? I had a friend that committed suicide in 2010. And um, phone call, you don't forget there. And I had to speak, got to, I got to speak at his funeral. And um, during that time, I was able to say all the incredible things about this friend. But they're all things that I'd never said to him. He frustrated me a lot. He was very strong-willed. He was crazy. And so that was what I focused on most of the time. He was the one that, like, when his mom would call, he wouldn't answer. And then... Who would she call next? Me. Yes. And I would be like, what do you want me to do right now? And he's like, you can answer, but I'm not going to talk. But anyways, I didn't take the time to tell him all the awesome things about him while he was alive. And so I think that that's a, a thing that we do. And so when I was at this retreat, my pastor challenged us to eulogize each other. And it was on a piece of paper. This piece of paper is getting fragile because it's like old. 15 years old or something like wow. that. And we took time to eulogize each other. We put each of these in a chair in the room and we wrote our names on them. And you can see mine. I put a heart around it and a circle and a square. And it's all bad. But <laughs> people still wrote nice things. And we took time just to eulogize each other, just to speak encouraging words wow. over each other, just to call out the greatness in each other. Yeah. And it was so good, you know, and most of these people on here I haven't talked to in years, but their words are still very powerful and their words are still very good. And then I did it again when I was the youth pastor. I was like, hey, I remember that. That was awesome. So I did it again and I still have those words today. And so we wait too long many times to share those words of encouragement with people. We wait too long to use that gift that we have of encouragement. And we, um, yeah, we wait till they're gone before we call out the greatness that we see in their lives. 
And it, even if it's times where it's like, hey, you know what? There may not be, you may not see that much greatness at the time. There is greatness there. And so our words are very powerful. What we say is important. On average, each day, we use 16,000 words, right? In 2013, there was a study done that said women used on average 22,000 and men 7,000. I kind of believe that because that makes a lot of sense because somebody asked me, Andy, how was your date? It was great. <laughs> it was a good day. <laughs> Woohoo! And um, since I've gotten married, I've learned to go past that. And uh, now I, I recognize how frustrating that answer can be because I'll ask my brother, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, great. How about the Braves last night? I mean, and so we use that. But in 2014, there was a study done that put them really close to the same. So we'll go with that. Average is 16,000 words a day. In a lifetime, guess how many words we use? You ready for this? 860.3 million words. That's a few words. How many of you have ever looked at the complete Oxford English Dictionary? How many of you have seen that in a library? Okay, I like participation, so if you have, raise your hands. You can ask the youth. I make them do it all the time. So there's more than 20 volumes of that, right? And they're, they're pretty thick, full of a bunch of words. So if you were to read that more than 14 times, that's about how many words you'd use in your lifetime. And so I think it's important to begin to realize, hey, we say a lot of words every day, but where are they coming from and what are they going towards? And so we can begin to look at this thing and we can begin to take a step back and say, with those words, am I using them to build people up or tear people down? Am I using words to bless people or to curse people? Are we calling people up? Are we pushing people back down? And we find ourselves in these situations and in these moments in the day where we have the opportunity to bless somebody and instead, sometimes it's like, I'm really going to beat you up. I had a um, bathtub put in my house, and it was put in very crooked. It, I mean, it's like, you know, a five-foot opening, and it was like an inch and a half off. I'm like, come on. I, I could have done that and done better than that. <laughs> so the guy shows up at my house. He comes in. Hey, Andy. And on the inside, I'm like, I am going to let you have it. And instead, I was like, hi, how are you doing? Dan. And we went back, looked at the bathtub, and I was just perfectly nice. Somehow, by the grace of God, I chose to use my words wisely in that moment, and they're going to come back and fix it all and replace it free of charge. So our words have moments. During the day, we have opportunities to use them wisely or not. And I think too many times we'll sit there and, you know, maybe we'll think at home, I'm going to use my words very carefully. I'm going to make sure I bless my kids. I'm going to make sure I bless my wife. I'm going to make sure I bless my husband. And then we go to work, or we're at the grocery store, and the line's real long, and then all of a sudden the grumbling starts, right? Am I the only one that's done that? Okay, thank you. And so our words are so important, and here's why, okay? Our words create worlds. Let's go to Genesis 1. Our words create worlds, and they create, created the world around us. And so as we begin to use words, as we begin to say things, it's going to permeate in somebody's soul. The old saying, sticks and stones may break your bones and the words may never hurt you, is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Because words can kill you, right? 
Words that are spoken over us can have an impact in our lives. And then we have to go through healing to get them out. And so the things that we say make a difference. Genesis 1, 1. We'll start in the beginning. How about that? Oh, there it is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light, God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. I'm going to skip down. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. Then God said, let earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Then God said, verse 14, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. And so you can kind of see here, you know, in verse 20, God said, let the waters abound in abundance of living creatures. God created this world by speaking over it. And we have that same opportunity to do that ourselves. We have the same opportunity to speak life. We have the same opportunity and the same mandate to let our words create worlds that are going to flourish, ones that are going to bring fruit, because so many times we use our words to do other things. We find ourselves in those moments of frustration or whatever, and we allow our words to do more harm than good. And so I think it's important to, to go back to the Great Commission. Jesus sits there and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth was given to me, right? I'm not misquoting that, right? Everybody agrees? Yes. Okay, good. Making sure you're still with me. So all authority in heaven and earth was given to Jesus. And now where does Jesus live? In us. Therefore, what do we have? All authority. Yeah, come on. So Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they created this world that we walk on by speaking things into existence. And that's something that is, um, like, I shared uh, about a month ago about the journey I'd been on of, like, walking through healing in myself and that kind of stuff. And during that time, I would really get worried about something and start talking about it, and then it would start hurting. (laughs) And so I began to really think about this. Oh, what I say can really matter, right? Whether it was just something in my mind or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because what we say is important. How we speak over ourselves is important. And here's the deal. I don't want you guys just to walk around and say nice things about people. I do. That's awesome. That's great and all, but that's very surface. But what we're called to do is let our words create worlds that are blessing people. One of my favorite things to do now is a spirit blessing. It's so powerful and so good. And it's just simply releasing Holy Spirit over someone. It's calling their spirit to come forth and to lead their mind and their body. And when we do that, we're getting back in touch with those roots that God's put in us. We're getting back in touch with the spirit of God inside of us and putting to death everything else. And that's what we have to do. So we have the ability to speak things into existence. Proverbs 18, 21. 
possibly. There we go. Here we go. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And so with our tongue, it's like the strongest muscle in our body because of what we can use it for. We are able to speak death or we're able to speak life. And I think that's something that's challenging when you really take a step back and look at your entire life. <laughs> look at those 860.3 million words that you're going to use in your lifetime. And you begin to get to look at that and say, am I speaking death or am I speaking life? Am I speaking death into my finances or am I speaking life into my finances? Something that Daniela and I have decided to do is when something comes up that we really want to do or we really want and we don't have the money for it, we don't say we can't afford it. Why? Because that's speaking death into our finances. Instead, we take a moment and we say, you know what? This isn't the best decision for our family at this point. Why? Because then it's speaking life into it. Yeah, we're not right there. There right now, you know, we can't go use that money because it doesn't exist. But it's not because we can't afford it because our father has the cattle on the thousand hills, right? So we have the ability to speak life into our finances. We have the ability to speak life over our kids. Sometimes they can be crazy. They can. And so we have the ability in those moments to, to say, you are crazy, or to say, I am so glad God has put this adventurous spirit in you and this spirit of just having so much fullness and joy and energy. <laughs> and we have the ability to speak life over people. We have the ability to speak life over our families. So many times we'll sit there and we'll say, yeah, that brother, that cousin, that family member, they're the lost sheep in the family. No, we're speaking death over them at that moment. We have the chance to speak life over them. They're the ones that are going to be coming to Jesus next. They're the ones that are going to have an encounter with Holy Spirit that's going to rock their life. That's when we begin to step into this thing of we are releasing life over people and we are not prophesying death. Another thing, and this is very important right now, it's very easy to prophesy or speak doom and gloom. Yep. I'm not going to go any further with that, but it's very easy to prophesy or to speak the doom and gloom that someone may see around us. However, it takes great faith to speak life and to speak wholeness and to speak Jesus into those situations. While the great faith part is right, the fact that it's easier for us to speak the doom and gloom is wrong. It's easy to recognize what's going on around us that's wrong, but it takes a lot of great faith to look around and say, this is going to be good. God is going to be good. Why? Because he tells us I am good. And so we have the ability to speak that life, to speak that wholeness into people. We have the ability to speak it around us. I mean, social media now, come on, it's crazy. I've kind of just decided, hey, I'm going to delete it off my phone for a little while. Um, maybe in mid-November, I'll pick it back up. And so, um, November the 9th, maybe, <laughs> or the 10th, um, maybe then I'll, I'll pick it back up. But we have the ability to speak life. We have the ability to release that over our country, over our world, over our state, over our city, over our town, and over our families. And it's so easy to sit there and look at stuff and say, this is what's going wrong. This is what's going wrong. This is what's going wrong. But when we take a step back and we can say, no, this is what happened that's right, we have the opportunity to do something special. Yesterday, Danielle had to work all day long from like, she left at home, I think at 8 or 7.30 and got back at like 
5.30 or 6. And um, that's very rare. And so we're blessed to have her around Everett most of the day. But sometimes when mama's not around all day, things can get a little crazy. And so she got home and I was like this. <laughs> and I was a little frustrated. And then she said, okay, well, tell me about your day. Tell me what happened. And I said, well, we went to the grocery store and he was awesome. She goes, okay, good. Let's praise him for that. And I was like, it was just kind of like a recentering for me. It was like, whoa, all right, yes. Why don't I sit there and praise the things rather than focus on the negatives? Because then I'm speaking life into that. And when I speak life into it, it's like there's a pretty little flower growing over here and I'm pouring water on it instead of sitting there and kicking it. And so that's what we have to get to this place to what we're willing to do is truly go after having that great faith and speaking life and speaking wholeness into every situation in our lives. And I use that word wholeness because that's something that's been on me for a while, ever since going through that um, period in my life where I was worried about my perfect health. And um, people would tell me my health was perfect and I was still worried about it. Yeah, fun times. But after that, I would always say, God, I thank you for health and wholeness because I don't want to just be healthy. I want to be whole, right? That's all encompassing. So that's what we want to release over people is the wholeness of Jesus. And so I want to touch on something else that's really important because when we find ourselves in situations and, you know, personal situations where we look at something, it may seem very tough. It may seem very uh, insurmountable. There's a big word for me. And I never read those dictionaries. (laughs) Um, But Mark 23, and this is something that's really important. Mark eleven twenty three. sorry. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I think this is a huge, huge thing right here. Because it's talking about us looking at a mountain in our lives and saying, nope. You're going to move and you're going to go out into the depths of the sea. I was on a cruise ship once and we drove over this place. It's like, I don't know where it is. It's off the coast of Mexico. And I like watching a little channel of, you are here now. It is this deep here. And that boring channel that nobody else watches. I enjoy that. When I'm on a plane, I like to see what's my altitude, what's my speed, what's the temperature outside. That's how I work. Um, Everybody else is like, let's watch a movie. I'm like, no, those aren't fun. And so I was watching this on the cruise ship, and we pass over this spot, and it says it's 12,000 feet deep. And I'm sitting there going, 12,000 feet. If this ship were to sink right now, I would be 12,000 feet under the ocean, two miles. And, but I really began to have a greater understanding of you don't just walk out into the ocean. Oh, it's deep. Woohoo. You know, and it's like 30 feet deep. You know, it's very, very, very deep place. And so we have the opportunity to look at the mountains in our lives and we get to say to them, you don't belong right there. You belong out there. You belong in the depths of the ocean where I can't see you anymore and I don't know you exist. And so it takes that great faith to be able to speak that into existence. It takes that great faith to look at those areas in our lives that are those mountains and to say, get up, move. Get up and move. Because you don't belong in my life. You don't belong there. It can be health issues. It can be family issues. It can be financial issues. It can be work issues. It can be anything. It can be the fact that you want a chicken for dinner and all you have is red meat. 
Because those issues in our lives, no matter what they are, we can look at them and we can say, no, no, I'm going to speak life into this. You get up, go. You mountain here that's trying to ruin everything, go get in the depths of the ocean where I can't see you anymore and you're gone forever and we're going to speak life into this. We're going to speak life into this because we have the ability to create worlds, right? This morning we got to speak life into Andrew and those words that we get to speak to him, they create worlds in him. It means the world to him. It's like I said, there's a tree growing here and we're, we're putting water on it rather than acid. And I think too many times we forget about the power of our words. We forget about the power of the things that we say. Um, there's another scripture I want to use. I didn't give it to you, Blake. Sorry. Um, somehow it got left off, but I'll find it. And um, it's in James. I'm sure most of you are like, yep, I know what's coming here. Somebody want to tell me where I'm going? James 3, yes, the power of the tongue, James chapter 3. And this is just such a cool picture, again, for me, because I like to know how things work. I used to watch the How's It Made show on TV all the time, and then I, um, I got bored with it because they weren't showing me big enough things. I wanted to watch, like, how did you build this tower? I mean, yeah, I like that stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, so James 3, verse 1, and then I'm just going to read on for a minute. Perfect. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I don't like that verse as much. That one's a little scary. But um, verse 2, let's go to that one. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits into horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse 5, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great forest um, a little fire kindles. I read it in the ESV last, sorry. Yeah, so our tongue is a very powerful instrument in our bodies. I have a boat. I love it. I love being on the water. It's a 20-foot ski boat, wow. and um, it's like the draft on it, you know, it's probably like three and a half feet, maybe four feet. Not, not very much, because I like to ski, and you don't want to wake when you do that, but I'll be driving that boat sometimes, just cruising around the lake, which down here, you don't go very far. Um, in North Georgia, you can drive straight for like an hour on a lake and not have to turn, but that doesn't happen down here. The lakes are a lot smaller. But anyways, I'll be driving on my boat going about 35, 40 miles an hour just for fun, wide open, and decide, oh, I want to turn left, and I'll just go, and it turns left. And then when I pull the boat out of the water, I look, and the rudder's this big. I'm like, there's a boat that's 20 feet long, probably six or seven feet wide, about four feet deep, and it's controlled by this tiny little rudder. And it's just amazing to me. And if you look at the biggest ships in the world, again, the same story. If you compare the size, our tongues have that exact same power. We have the ability to change the way things are going to go. There was a, um, I was in chemistry in college. Killed the chemistry class. The chemistry lab killed me. And um, there was a day that the professor decided they wanted to be... uh, not as generous. Uh, 
I don't know any other way to say, say, it, say it nicely. So, The professor gave everyone terrible grades on their lab reports. And it was for a small little detail that had absolutely nothing to do with the work. The work was correct. The work was right. But college professors like it to be done a certain way. And nobody did it that way. Everybody in the class is very upset. Everybody's mad. Curse words flying everywhere. And I'm sitting there and I am so mad. I'm like, no way. This is not fair. And no joke. I opened my mouth and the doxology came out of my mouth. And I was like, what? And that's praise God from whom? I'm like, what in the world is happening right now? So I stopped, took a step back, opened my mouth again, and it kept going. I'm like, no, this is not what I want to say right now. And so in that moment, I was able to sit there and instead of curse out this teacher, and they wouldn't have heard me because everybody was doing it, but instead of that, I was speaking life over them. And it was basically subconsciously doing it. Holy Spirit was doing it on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. And so it's in those moments, in those times, we have the ability to change the tide. We have the ability to look at the things in front of us and say, you know what, I'm going to speak life into this. I'm going to speak life. Why? Because I can. And that's what I choose to do. It's very simple to look at things that are going wrong and talk about it. Everybody loves to do that. Everybody loves to talk about what somebody's done wrong or what they're doing wrong. But it's so much better if we look and say, this is what you're doing right. And then we can take it to the next level of, let's represent Jesus and let's speak love over people. Let's speak life over people. Let's take it past the, hey, you look great today. Hey, you have an awesome smile. Say, hey, I really see Jesus in you. You may not know him, but I see him. Why? He created you. He loves you. So we have to be able to take that step back and say, you know what? What I say can really change, change things. What I say can really be important. And every word I say is important. I know that seems like a lot of pressure, but really it should be a lot of relief because now you get to just use all of your words to bless people, to bless yourself. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Does everybody know what that is? We speak something over our lives, and then it happens. And I heard someone that does uh, jail ministry went into a jail once and said, how many of you, this isn't a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it was spoken over them, and said, how many of you were told you were going to be here? 85% of the hands went up. Why? People had prophesied that over them. They had spoken death over them and said, you're going to be in jail one day. Where did they end up? In jail. And so what we say carries a lot. What we say holds a lot of weight in what people hear. And so we have the awesome chance to bless each other. And I told Diane right after the ministry time there, I said, you were definitely here in Holy Spirit because that's how I was going to end my message today. And, um, but we have that awesome, incredible opportunity to do that. And you may be sitting there thinking, I don't really want to go out and talk to strangers today. But here's the thing. It all can start with yourself. How many of you every day speak life over yourself? That's awesome. We have some people in the room that do that. It's hard. Some days you roll out of bed and it's like, nope, not today. Not speaking life over myself today. We get to look at those mountains in our lives, those mountains in our hearts, those mountains that we're dealing with emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, and we get to say, you know what? I'm going to remove the mountain 
I'm going to plant a seed there, and I'm going to pour some water on it. I'm going to speak life over it. And then we get to watch it flourish. Then we get to watch it grow. Then we get to come into this place of, you know what? I realize it's a, sometimes it's a lot easier to speak the death, but it's a lot more powerful to speak life. And when we're able to do that, man, it changes people around you. It changes you. So you get to start by prophesying over yourself, speaking truth over yourself, speaking life over yourself. And so if you've struggled with that in the past, that's your homework. Start doing that now. Start doing that tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, every day. Speak life over yourself. Then take it a step further. Take it to your family. If you live by yourself, call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. Speak life over them. Because when we begin to do that, it's so easy when somebody comes to us with an issue or somebody comes to us and they're super down, it's so easy for us to crawl down in that hole with them. But when we crawl down in that hole with them, how are we going to get out? We like to get in there and wallow with them. Instead, what we do is we say, hey, guess what? I know you're struggling. Here's the life I'm going to speak over you. And by the way, here's a rope. Let's come out of that hole. And so we have the ability in those moments to speak life into situations, speak life into what people are dealing with, speak life into what they're going through, not wallow with them. Some people think that's what compassion looks like. Nope. Compassion is not wallowing with them. Compassion is sitting there and saying, hey, I understand the pain you're going through. And here's what Jesus has for us in this moment. Here's the life that Jesus wants to bring in this moment. And we get to help pull them out. And so we just are so incredibly blessed with the ability to use our words to impact people. We're so incredibly blessed to have that option in our lives. And you don't have to be able to sit up front with a microphone to do it. Because if this is the only place I do it, then I'm missing it totally. I want to bless all of you guys. I do. I want you to know that I want to do that. But if this is the only time I do it, then I'm missing it. And Jesus wants us to walk. Holy Spirit wants us to walk in that fullness, in that wholeness in life. And a huge part of doing that is making sure that we choose our words wisely. And I know this sounds like it's for like the elementary class, but I think it's so important for us because we have to choose those words. We have to choose moments. In life, we get to make choices. In every situation, we get to make a choice, life or death. Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? We can't speak something in the middle. I'm going to speak partial life and partial death. That doesn't work. It's one or the other. And we have that incredible opportunity to do that. Psalm 1914 says this. I think I gave that one to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I think that's a key verse right there, especially at the end, because there's times when we want to speak stuff over ourselves, over others, whatever it may be, when we want to speak stuff and we're like, no, I just don't have the strength for it. That's okay. You don't have to. Because that right there says that Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my redeemer. Therefore, I'm going to pull on him to speak this life right now. I'm going to pull on him to speak life over people. I'm going to pull on him to speak life over myself. I'm going to look at those mountains that I may have built myself in my life, and I'm going to say, no, you don't belong. And it's not just saying words, it's really saying them. You know the difference? 
Because I can speak words all day, but when I say something that I'm really feeling and I really believe, it's going to carry a lot more weight because I have that faith backing it up. And so when I look at those mountains in my life, and I tell them, yes, I would like for you to get up and go over here out of my life forever. And then it's fun because we get to sit there and we get to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to bring me now? You see, we rely on the voice of God, right? We rely on Jesus' words in this book. We love his voice. We love when he speaks to us. And so it's incredible that we get to partner with him in that and ushering it into the world, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth by speaking things into existence. By speaking things into existence, speaking things over our family, saying, yes, my marriage is going to work. Yes, my marriage is going to flourish. Yes, my health is going to line up with the word of God and my health is going to be perfect. Yes, this issue that I'm dealing with at work, yeah, I speak life into it right now. And I say, it's going to be resolved. In fact, I'm going to get a raise. Why not? Why not speak that over yourself? I'm going to get a raise today. Why not sit there and say, my kids are going to be awesome today. Why? Because they have Jesus in them. And a lot of what you're doing in that time is you're shifting your mindset to say, I'm going to recognize the good and not the bad. And so even when we begin to just speak things over people, it shifts that mindset in us to be able to recognize the gold and not think about anything other than that. When we begin to call the gold out of people, you get gold. Right? If I go into a gold mine and I start digging it out and I'm looking at it and I'm pulling gold out, I'm not going to get coal. You know? And so when we're going after that and we're calling the gold out of people, man, that's what we're going to get in return. And that's when things start to get fun. Because then we all start communicating helpfully. We begin speaking life over each other and we begin to see life in abundance, which I'm pretty sure Jesus says he wants to give us. And so this is the incredible opportunity that we have. We get to use those words, 860 million words in our lifetime, 16,000 words a day. We get to use those to bless people. We get to use those to bless ourselves. Don't forget about yourself. That's first on your homework list. Bless yourself and then bless others. Begin to call the gold out of yourself. Then begin to call the gold out of others. And so I want us to just really... um, Let's stand up together. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, I want us to take just a minute. We're going to practice this, okay? I want us to take just a minute and just really think and ask Holy Spirit, what mountains do I have in my life that I need to move? What mountains are in my life right now that I need to remove? Yeah, Holy Spirit, just... Reveal that to us right now. Now we're going to do something super spiritual. And we're all going to yell out, move. Y'all ready for this? Whatever that mountain is, 
We're all going to partner with heaven in this, and we're going to release that life over it. And on the count of three, we're going to tell it to move, and then it's going to be gone. All right? You ready for this? With that great faith, we're about to speak this into existence. We're about to tell that mountain that seems like we could never get it to move, to move. And it's going to move. All right? You ready? One, two, three. Move! Yeah. That felt good. Whew. Man. I don't know if it's just being up here feeling all y'all saying that, but man, I felt some stuff move. I felt some stuff shake and you have to grasp that. All right. So now Holy Spirit, speak life, speak life into that spot where we just moved that mountain, plant your seeds, Holy Spirit. Shoot. We don't want to seed. plant your tree there. Yeah. Plant your tree there, Jesus. We are going to take the time now to bless that. Bless yourself and say, yeah, I'm pouring that water on. I'm pouring that water on. I'm taking another drink of heaven right now. Yes, Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for pouring that water into that spot that I just removed that mountain. Yeah, yeah, I am strong. I can do it. Yeah, it's going to work. Whatever it may be, speak that life over yourself. Speak that life into that situation. Thank you, Jesus. Let the words that come out of our mouth, the meditations of our heart, be pleasing and acceptable unto you, Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We're going to choose to speak life over ourselves. Holy Spirit, give us that strength in those times when we want to choose otherwise to speak life. To speak life, to speak life more abundantly. Allow us to bless ourselves, Holy Spirit. Allow our allow us to bless other people with our words. Make it so that when people see us coming, they get excited because they know they're about to get blessed. They know they're about to get loved on. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability, the authority, and the power that you've given us. And we're going to choose to walk in it rightly. We're going to choose to use that gift. With great power comes great responsibility. And we thank you, Jesus, for that. We thank you for that. With responsibility comes authority. With that comes trust from the Father. And that's what he's speaking over us right now. He says he trusts us. He loves us. So Jesus, we thank you for your words. We thank you for how you encourage us. We thank you for how you love us. We thank you for the words that you release over us. Yeah. Keep releasing them over us. Let us overflow and release over others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God. Love people and live life.